Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Bite-sized D&D is still better than no D&D, and I'm happy to see you on Friday because it makes my life better. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, with the Olam Harp in their possession, it's time for the Heralds of Greenest to work out a deal between the Watchful Order of Magus and Protectors and a blue dragon named Thontorvrak. Travancore and Bernie are thinking of talking to a lawyer they know about magical contract law. Jonathan is assisting the Watchful Order with transportation back and forth from the Plain of Water. And Carlton is learning the fine art of cooking from Gestock at the Golden Rock Tavern. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. Tonight I am drinking tea with a splash of vodka because I'm keeping it simple. It is National International International Tea Day, which I found out. In the middle of the day. Fortunately, I had already been drinking tea. So this is a jasmine pearls tea with just a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of vodka. And it's nice. It's just nice. You know who's also nice? Travancore. What are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's nice choice this evening is uh, Dos Equis, uh, Laga de Especial. Uh, mm. We both picked this up for, uh, this is the last of these, actually. We picked this up for a commemoration of Cinco de Mayo, um, Napoleon III. Um, our condolences <laughs> didn't get the L, <laughs> didn't get the W that time, but uh, we get to drink beer because of you. Cheers. He got the W overall. It was fine. <laughs> oh, ooh, Jack. Jack was like, this is good enough that I'm not going to respond right away. <laughs> nope. Don't need to. I have beer. Do you know who's also nice? Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I played Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And yes, they, the Mexicans did not win that war. They just won that battle. And that's fine. That's that's fine. We Eventually, they kicked the French out of it, just not in that war. Mm. But I have no drink today. I have some Diet Pepsi left. Just because it's it's been it's been a fun day, but it was very discombobulating, and I lost track of time, so I didn't pour myself a drink. So I'm just sober enough uh, right now. That may change later, uh, depending on what happens tonight. So we'll see. Well, but I'm we're... here with you guys now, and I don't want to be anywhere else. Aw, and that's all that matters. And I will say, for those of you uh, wondering, although this is going to come out several weeks after that this is aired, you had your final game uh, on Gilded Light today, and it was awesome. And congratulations, and hopefully we'll get to see you DMing more. Thank you. Uh, You should definitely go check out, your episodes are ending up on YouTube, right? Right. The Gilding Light uh, YouTube channel is over on YouTube, and the VODs are also on the Gilding Light Twitch page. So, So click that. Click that subscribe button, hit that bell, and, uh, and I hate you. Oh, I hate you so much. I know. <laughs> Listen, I we all hated it, that during but... my announcements, and uh, and I'm like, I'm not a real YouTuber, but <laughs> do the thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, it's it's one of those things in where we wouldn't say it if it didn't work. You know who's also nice? Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh, today I have I raided the closet and found this hiding in there. Which was what? probably from before I left for paternity. <laughs> uh, it is Oso Grape Soda. Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, back up. You raided the closet? 
The, yeah, the food closet, also known as a pantry. Shut up. Pa- okay. Uh, Listen, closet. I'm not a seven-week-old. My brain is, uh, I got the brain scramblies. Yo. Okay, touche. I, I feel that hard. Yeah, yeah, Jack knows. Jack knows exactly what that is, where you forget what words are. That's fair. I was just totally thinking when you said closet that you were I talking about, like, your- early onset parental aphasia. There's a yeah. medical uh, term yeah, for it now. Closet, also known as a pantry. I was reading the pantry, and I found this tucked <laughs> away in the back from before. Uh, oh, wait. That's why you called me Chavis. Was my thing was still set as Chavis. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> that's okay. That's, that's also uh, the thing that Jack said. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's sickeningly sweet, and it's gross. But it's drinkable. It is super dark, too. Yeah, it's like... a very dark purple. Yeah, yeah, that is almost black like my soul. You know who's also nice? Bernie, what are you drinking? I thought you were about to say black like your soul. I thought you were going to say, you know, who's also black like my soul. And I was going to be like, ma'am, I am a very white lady. Um, uh, but I do have, I'm wearing a black shirt. I don't know. Uh, so fun fact, I thought we were playing at seven o'clock my time. And so right around 6.50, I made myself a Oreo chocolate milkshake. Very tasty Oreo chocolate milkshake, and I ran upstairs, and I was a minute late to play, and I got on, and there was nobody here, and I was very confused, and then I looked at the time, and we're playing at 8 o'clock, and so I said, eh, fuck it, and I drank my milkshake, and Steven and I have been watching Naruto, so... (laughs) And I I dislike the character of Naruto, so I... (laughs) I like the trainer that hates them, so that's where like two or three episodes <laughs> end. I'm very, I'm very fond of the trainer that's like, ah, you're, these guys are idiots. Sasuke, 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 is he the trainer? No, that's the little boy that everyone's in love with. The trainer with the spiky white hair. He's the main character. It's him and the <laughs> band of idiots. Um, all that is to say, I drank that milkshake, and now I have water. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it still sounds like you're winning on a Friday, so can't I complain. Am. Nice. So we're going to run right into this game because we're doing bite-sized games recently uh, because, you know, life, life. Is, is a thing. Jonathan um, the Magimuscular would like to report that he went and got himself a Truly because it's the first of a three-day weekend, so okay. Wait, I, it was is cold it, in which three-day weekend is it? Is it Victoria Day right now or is it? No, it's Vault of Glass comes out tomorrow, and I have no idea how long I'm going to be doing our initial run and then if I'm going to be doing runs into the night. So I didn't want to work on Sunday, so I took Sunday off. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. It, you're both right. Yes, for those in Canada, Monday is a stat <laughs> holiday. It yeah. is Victoria Day. Also, Jonathan taking a day off to run Vault of Glass just means it's Destiny Day. Okay. But I don't. Th- but Memorial Day for us isn't for another week. That's right. What I but I work for a Canadian company, and thus I know that this weekend is a stat holiday, and stat I will be holiday. working Memorial Day. So oh. there you go. Yeah. So for those of you who are listening to this many, many weeks from now, and you're thinking, "What the hell are they talking about?" It's like June. Well, there you go. And every yeah. Wednesday, you know when we're recording. Uh, you know when we record. Uh, <laughs> I, I, happy I, Victoria Day to all yeah. of the Canadians who listen. Yep, I got I got into the position where uh, I didn't want to get voluntold to get to work that I was working on on Memorial Day, so I was like, I'll just take an eight to five shift. It's not the shift I wanted, but it's fine. I'll just mm. do that and make mm. a lot of money. Yeah, Stephen used well, to do that on Christmas. He used to I, make yep. a I, lot it of money. Is bank. I have definitely been that person who's like, I'm Jewish. I don't care about this date. Sure. I have no transition. It is the evening. (laughs) 
I the more that I play this game and the more that we just it ends up turning into we're hanging out and talking and then all of a sudden we're playing a D&D game, the more I say I have no transition, and the more it's becoming my catchphrase and I'm okay with that. So you got back from the Plain of Water a couple days ago. You went on a little adventure with Penelope Half Pint. You came back to Waterdeep. Um, and now you've got a little bit of downtime with some stuff that's been going on. You're taking care of a bunch of little things. The last time we got together, it was the morning. And Carlton had decided he wanted to spend the day learning some cooking skills. Jonathan is spending the day going back and forth from the, the plane of water and introducing the people on the Isle of Dread to some of his people from the Watchful Order. And Travancore and Bernie talked about finding a lawyer to go talk to who specializes in magical contracts in order to help with this whole who's gonna take over the musical instrument thing. Unless there's anything in specific, because I'm also assuming that maybe Travancore and Bernie want to go with everybody to go see the magical lawyer, we're gonna say that this was kind that the evening has come. And Bernie and Travancore have found out the basics about where they can get some time with this lawyer. Um, Carlton, you have spent the entire day with Gestak, correct? Uh, correct. Is there anything specific you'd like to learn from him? Basically, I really wanted to increase my kitchen skills uh, on day one uh, and day two, if I'm allowed. But, and not by the DM. DM has no control over what I'm allowed to do. If I'm allowed by Gestock to hang out for another day, then I want to start kind of taking on more of, like, learning the business of running a tavern. Uh, but, yeah, I just basically wanted to, you know, learn how to do the staples, kind of, like, get comfortable enough in the kitchen doing the basics that I can then come up with, like, recipes of my own and stuff like that. Can I ask a quick question? Did we grow cucumber or zucchini? Zucchini. Oh. zucchini. Damn it. I was oh, I think actually, we also have cucumbers as well now. Yeah. We do. It cool. started I with got, zucchini. Started with this, I got a recipe zucchini. for Carlson to learn in the chat. All right. Carlson smashed, will learn some recipes. Smash what? Smashed cucumber salad. Look, so, it's my favorite thing to eat all summer long. We cucumbers, made a bunch for a sugar, recently. salt, garlic, oh, 15 minute prep rice vinegar, like soy sauce, sesame oil, red pepper, this and sesame This looks seeds. amazing. Ooh. This looks really good. I um, need it. Bernie leaves you this recipe and Gestock thinks this is the perfect time, the perfect way for you to learn how to basically get around in a kitchen is to prepare this recipe because this is not something that's on his menu. And so if you screw it up, no one's going to know because probably no one's going to order it. So he sets you with this, this smashed cucumber recipe to make for your friends as part of dinner when they're all going to come back. And uh, this is going to help you learn proper proportions for larger groups. This is going to help you learn uh, some basic kitchen skills. He cautions and says, this is not something you're going to be able to learn in a day, two days, three days. It's going to take a couple of days. And the business thing, that's not a me thing. I don't run this like a business. I run this like a hobby. So you're probably going to have to go somewhere else. But when it comes to cooking, I got gotcha. you. And so with that, Carlton, I would like you to roll three things. I want a performance check. Great. I want you to give me a dexterity check of some sort. I'll let you pick which one. And I want an intelligence check of some sort. I'll let you pick which one. 
So let's start with the performance check. Three. Uh, three total? Three total. All right. So it's performance of three. Um, so I need you to pick any of the dexterity gills. Looking at this recipe, it looks like it's chopped very specifically. So I'm going to go with sleight of hand so that way I can keep all my fingies. All right. Give me a sleight of hand check. Uh, 13. All right, and then I need an... In- so this was basically your, your manual dexterity in the kitchen. I need an intelligence skill that's going to be about l- basically retaining and learning all of this information that you've learned throughout the day because it's not just the the creation of this dinner. It's not just the manual dexterity in the kitchen. I'm going to go with investigation and in trying to like figure out who I need to ask for what questions, where I need to find things in the kitchen, what tools I need to use, stuff like that. So I'm going to kind of investigate my way around the kitchen, asking the right questions, following the correct answers and stuff like that. All right. Does that work for you? Oh. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll be a 22. I like how your investigation was the highest of all of these. This is interesting. I also have a plus seven in investigation. Yeah. All right. Hang out on all of that for a second. Jonathan, unless there's something specific you want to do, I'm going to say that today was take, um, there's an, one of the members of the Watchful Order you're going to be taking with you and Quat back to the Elemental Plane of Water, basically introducing them to Guara and then coming back. Uh, not much in the way of anything else going on, was unless there was something specific you wanted to do on this little excursion. You know you're going to be going back and forth in the next couple of days. That's pretty much it. Uh, as soon as we get back, you know, we, we pop into the middle of town. <laughs> And, uh, and it's like, oh, hey, we're, what? We're back. Ah, yes, it is good to be back. And did you take, uh, did you go to the teleportation circle or did you go right into the the town? We went right into the town because since I'm familiar with this place, I I can, I can do that. And I, for who, who came with us from the Watchful Order? Was it just Master Zick or some other rando? It's not Master Zick because he had to stay. Uh, he he is literally in charge of that teleportation hub. So uh, he gave it to one of his people. Uh, it's someone who actually you haven't had a chance to meet yet. Her name is Muriel Wheatflow. She's a gnome. She's only a level one, but she specializes also in that kind of teleportation I'm taking magic? a level one out into the field? No, 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 no. Like, you know how the... Oh, oh, okay. The I'm like, order. I'm like, oh no, she has like seven hit points. Like a rank <laughs> one. dinosaurs. Yes, rank one at the watchful order. Got it, got it. Okay. She definitely is a lot more powerful than that because she doesn't balk at being able to cast plane shift, although she does admit to you a little bit later, this is the first time she's ever plane shifted. Um, she's She's been learning from Master Zick how to do some of this, but it's more in the academic sense. She is not necessarily an adventurer. She's just been studying. Right. Okay. And what was her name again? Muriel Wheatflow. She's a gnomish teleportation. Be a right? Is conjuration. Yeah. yeah. I was having that moment. I'm like, wait, uh, transmutation. Yeah, I, I can never remember. Uh... It's one of those. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we teleported and I'm like, uh, how you doing, Muriel? Ooh, that tickled. Yeah. It... You get you get used to it. The first first couple of times though uh, can be a little rough. I know I know I lost my almost lost my lunch the first time I did it. Then again, I kind of put my party into a bad spot. 
Uh, let's uh, let's move on. So and and uh, <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular starts giving the uh, the very brief tour of of the village to Muriel, and he makes sure to say, "Now, Muriel, like this is Quat. You have now met. So if you've got if you're going to be coming out here on your own, you definitely want to let him know if you're not going to be coming here. If you are going to be going to the teleportation circle." Let him know, and then that way he can come and make and escort you or whoever else back into town. Jonathan the Magimuscular just wants you to know that the uh, while the journey is less perilous now that uh, the Heralds of Greenest have been through it, there are still things that we didn't deal with, and so that are still out there. So it is still a dangerous journey. Well, I don't plan on coming by myself. I plan on coming with at least a couple other people, so we should be okay. And and. Quat seems relieved by this as Muriel is not innocent. She's not like, she doesn't seem green as far as travel, but she certainly seems uninterested in the adventuring life. And so this is kind of a job, but she's doing a job. It's fine. It's a work trip. It's cool. Yeah. So Jonathan the Magimuscular, uh, just Jonathan the Magimuscular doesn't give in to ego much, but especially with a junior member of the order, he definitely drops things like, oh, yeah, when we went out this way, uh, you know, we, we killed, I, I blew up some, some stuff with a fireball, and then we fought the monster that was literally fire. So Jonathan the Magimuscular couldn't use any of his fire. Jonathan oh. the Magimuscular had to rely on other spells and, oh. uh, as always, his party to to make sure that Jonathan the Magimuscular and, every, and the rest of the Herald were successful. Jonathan the Magimuscular has seen some things. It sounds like you have. Hopefully I won't see anything except people. Lots of people. Good people. Uh, hopefully people. you are not in the middle of one of my meteor swarms. And then I walk away. <laughs> and the last thing you hear as you walk away is her turning to Quat to say, Meteor swarms? Did, did he have to do that here? And him going, I don't know, but it was fun <laughs> while he was here. I, I will say to Muriel, if you need me, just uh, hit me up with Ascending. I am going to go see a friend, and we will meet back here tomorrow morning to... Uh, to I, actually, we're probably going to be in the same te guest tent, so I'll, I'll probably see you later there, and then we'll leave here 8 a.m. tomorrow uh, after I've rested. Well, her plan... The plan was, because she's coming along with you... Oh, like, is she going to be sticking around? No, she, so, like, you cast to go there. She's going to bring you all back... Because she's got plane ships. Oh, so, okay. Unless you want to stay overnight. Her her plan was to come back in the same day. Ah. And then you'll you'll do a couple more of these trips like this to help bring people back so that nobody has to stay overnight if they don't have to. And then she'll become kind of the new go-between once that's done. Got so it. that's how you're coming back in the same day to come back in the evening. That's Jonathan the Muscular is on board. Okay. So okay. I guess we should round up whoever's coming with us. You do. Uh, Guara at this point has corralled and basically come up with the list of people who want to uh, to go back. And they figured out a lottery system that, as far as you can tell, everybody seems pretty happy with. Nobody seems bitter about not being in the first crew. And 
yeah, as I said, unless there is something specific you can do, this is actually a relatively quick trip kind of out in the morning and back in the later afternoon after everything is coordinated, after Muriel has had a chance to see everything, after Quat has gotten yelled at by his mate for just like, you know, gone again. (laughs) Well, he did ask her, but it sounds from the argument that you hear later on uh, as you're showing Muriel around, like um, maybe he exaggerated when when he said that she said it was okay but uh later on as you are getting prepared to leave with muriel to come back the the two of them are quat and his mate are holding hands and standing there to see you off so it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal and you've got a a full crew of people with you that muriel has all taken down information for these are people who are a little more prepared to leave they've backpacks and you know some basic supplies no one is like leaving with luggage but Mm -hmm. uh they're all ready to go and um everyone says that they'll be happy to see you when you come on back and do you go with muriel back yeah i'll i'll go ahead and say yeah i don't want to i i thought about maybe staying and hanging out especially since Jonathan the Muscular is trying to shirk the responsibility of being involved at all with the, with the, uh, huh. You know what? Jonathan the Muscular is going to feel a twinge of, I don't want to deal with that. So he's going to go to Guara and say, Guara, is there anyone else you would like to bump up? I can stay until tomorrow. Oh, well, we've got the list all right here in order. So absolutely, we can... Uh, the, the, I'm sure the next person can be ready in like an hour or so. They were probably yeah, why planning on we, going tomorrow. Yeah, why don't we? You know, Jonathan the Magimuscular already kind of misses this place, so why don't why don't we send them? And I'll just stay the night. It's fine. Oh yeah, sure. Well, you know where the guest quarters are, and you're welcome to stay. Jonathan the Magimuscular uh, hi- tries to hide his discomfort in going back right away. Hmm. Let's see if... To the tune of a 14 deception. Uh, well, that beats her passive for sure. Give me a second. I wasn't in Guara's information, but let me do a quick roll. Oh, yeah. She rolled a four. She seems oblivious. And so uh, is happy to have you stay and enjoy and be back. And um, Muriel comes back with some other people. Jonathan the Muscular is going to uh, use the evening to just sit by the beach you know bop up a chair get get a get a nice drink and just like just sit back and listen to the waves okay you are more than welcome to do that it is an absolutely lovely lovely evening people seem to understand that you're enjoying a little bit of you time and no one bothers you although at one point oh my god my computer is locked up at uh, one point, while, while, while that's oh. going, he he snaps his fingers and Bucks appears next to him, and uh, he's like, "Hey, I got this for you." And it's a, it's like, it's like a walnut. Uh, it's the largest indigenous indigenous nut, but it's been prepared like a uh, like a uh, fruity island drink. And he hands it to oh. Bucks and says, "Here you go, buddy. You earned this too." And so, as Bucks enjoys. The very, very tiny amount of alcohol that's in this drink, the thoughts that he gets from Bucks get more and more, like, muddled and and uh, less filtered. And what is what is the most unfiltered 
thought that we get from Bucks before we're going to fade away from here and go back to Waterdeep? What is what is It was the t- it was the time he saw a Travancore talking to a Blue Jay and he goes back to reliving how clean of a kill that was. <laughs> like he normally he's not he's a celestial who just happens to be in the body of a fleshy owl. So he doesn't usually give in to like base uh desires or or pleasures like that yeah as the as like i said tiny tiny amount of alcohol sort of like lets loose some of his inhibitions he revisits that and was just like you get i get the impression that he thought that was really badass he probably probably was it was probably badass but you know what that's also like what he remembers and sometimes that's more important and on that picturesque, picturesque scene, as you are sitting watching the sunset over the water, we're going to skip back over to Waterdeep. It is the evening. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into one single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and Faerun's lore. Every week there's something new happening, and the game is available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on July 4th at 8pm Pacific. So open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. P-E-E-K-G-O-N-G-D-O-O-N So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. We're going to skip back over to Waterdeep. It is the evening. Travancore and Bernie, you are sitting at the Golden Rock Tavern. You have part of the day. It has been spent tracking down your lawyer friend uh, to make sure that they are actually still in the city and still practicing and everything. And you can kind of go from there as as you want. Uh, Was there anything else you wanted to do throughout the day? I wanted to get my watercolors. Yeah, you won by paint. Bernie's That's right. chilling. Okay. Yeah. Travancore, for a pittance, you are able to get some watercolors, and you specifically wanted to do some painting. Yeah, because you were going to do painting for Murray, right? Yeah. Okay. What around, what were you going to paint? Some of it was of the the elemental plane of water. What was it specifically you were looking to paint? Well, I'm thinking uh, within the island of the jungle, we saw um, a family of like dinosaurs. I don't know if they were ankylosaurs or um, apatosauruses or what kind of dinosaurs they were exactly. But Travancore is going to like try and do two paintings. One is going to be a close up of uh, you know the best memory, clearest memory he has in his mind of the dinosaurs he saw, and the other one's going to be a painting of the island as a whole, like sort of from Travancore's recollection. He never really saw it. I mean, he was flying; he had to see some of the island overhead. So he's going to try and piece together what he walked through and what he flew over, and try and make like a painting of the entire island. Okay, the dinosaurs. You saw a bunch of different dinosaurs. The the probably the most prominent ones you saw were the stegosaurus type creatures. Oh yeah, the electric okay. stegosaurus. Yeah, oh. yeah, the stegosauruses. Those were kind of the the most up close and not having to worry about being eaten dinos that you saw. So go ahead and give me a performance check for each of those paintings. Okay, performance check number one. 
Oh dear, that's a six. And then performance check number two. Oh no. Oh, that's a bit better. Fourteen. Fourteen. All right. Have you just set up in your space at the Golden Rock Tavern, or have you set up somewhere else to do this painting? It is still very cold outside. Yeah, I think Travancore would be in his, his quarters painting, using his uh, his easel, probably bought some canvas when he was... Well, like, yeah, I guess canvas would be fine. Oh, it's a watercolor. You could just do it on regular parchment paper, I guess. That's fine. Yeah, you could actually have gotten either at the the arts store that you were able to go to. The first one... It's been a little while since you've done any painting. You've done a lot of sketching and drawing. And so the first one is a little more uh, Van Gogh than oh. anything. It's, it's, a little, it's a little on the drippy side. Impressionista. Got it. It's recognizable if you know what it is. Okay. And so when you look at it, you're like, yes, Stegosaurus. Bernie, when you come upstairs and see the finished product of the first one, you got to turn your head a little bit. It's oh, is it a, uh, oh, the lightning. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. Like, uh, Streetbrock Bonaventure did not put a lot of time into painting classes, but uh, I, I would like to have thought that I retained more than I did. You know, when you haven't worked out in a while and then you lift weights and your muscles are a little, <laughs> you just gotta like make a couple more and your your, your muscle memory will come back. It's a good, it's got good point of view. It's good composition. You just got to remember how to do it. Speaking of point of view, Travancore, at that point, you have you've finished up the second one, which was kind of the bird's eye view of the island you were talking about. This one is much better. Part of it is because you were focused less on the details and more about literally the bigger picture. And part of it is there is something about landscapes that seem to appeal to you and while the creatures and the dinosaurs were epic bernie what you see is it's not accurate as far as it's not a realistic painting but it's gorgeous and it's a very evocative of that moment on the rock when you're flying over the island you don't see the rock pictured anywhere in the painting you just see the island it is very clearly the it's almost as though you have become a bird and you're watching the all of the trees and everything kind of blur below you in the way that the watercolors can can evoke you can even see off to the the left of the side of the painting just a little glimmer of where the volcano is that one looks really nice oh this one this is the one all right. This one. This this is it. Wow. I think everyone's working on their second act. Uh, Travancore can't make a Gainsborough joke because Gainsborough's not a person in Faerun. But I sure can. <laughs> but you can. Hopefully the negative space is at least interesting space. I learned that from uh, from Miss Coop from high school. I like it. It makes me feel like I'm flying. I don't particularly like flying, but I like the achievement that you make me feel like I'm flying. Thanks. And it's about this time that, Carlton, you come on upstairs to hand-deliver dinner to your friends who have not come downstairs in a while and you're starting to get antsy. So you have gone upstairs with dinner. That includes this cucumber salad that Bernie talked about. I, you know, again, you like I said, I was getting a little antsy. So I, I come up with, the, like, the whole platter. And it is Car a Carlton-sized platter because 
I it's a meal for four on mm-hmm. one. You know, full three course meal for everyone with cucumber salad, roast chicken, potatoes, the whole shebang. And like, I come like, like are we having? Di- are we doing dinner up here? Yeah. Let's go downstairs. And then I just look at I look at Bernie and I look at the platter and I look at Bernie and I look at the platter like. I literally just carried this up because you guys weren't coming downstairs. I don't say that loud, but it's that look, like, fine. And I, like, slowly turn around and go downstairs. No, 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 let's eat here, let's eat here. It's it's a change of scenery, like a picnic, but on a bed. Do you go back upstairs? I think we're going to stay, yeah, where we are, I think. So, like, Carlton turns around, takes, like, two steps. Like, his shoulders, like, sink down, like, and he turns back around and brings it back into the bedroom. So... There is, like, each of you have a room, and then there is kind of a little sitting area. It's mostly for, like, what what Travancore has been using it for is a little sitting area to set up the easel and to do the painting next to the window. But you can kind of clear stuff aside, and there's a little table to put the tray down on. Bernie and Travancore, as you both sit down to this meal that Carlton has prepared, it, it is a fabulous-sized meal. He is right. He has made dinner for four. It's which is really of- like dinner for six if you think about how much <laughs> Bernie can fit. Like, I'd be very interested to hear from someone who I'm sure it's out there, like, went to med school and thinks about things like human anatomy and like how physically big the human stomach is when you're like a child. And yeah, I understand, like, hobbits in theory, you know, halflings, excuse me, Tolkien estate. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> You know, the idea is that halflings have, must have a, you know, different metabolism because they eat so much and and do need to eat that much. I think about, you know, how sloths have a lot of fur and live within the realm of the equator, but apparently have just really, really, really low resting heart rate and a really low metabolism. So they don't produce a lot of heat naturally. So their fur is fine. And I feel like the Hobbit, Hobbits must be similar in a way because like they don't wear shoes. So their feet probably don't get cold. I've thought about this too much. All I'm saying is I really want to know from someone who knows like what they think, like, the size of a gnome's stomach is and, like, do they have some kind of weird, magical, different... I mean, because I'm assuming a human metabolism, but that's... Carlton and and Travancore probably have a different level of... Carlton needs a lot more calories than Bernie. (laughs) Yeah, Carlton needs, like, a ton more calories than Bernie. Like, you could see, just based on plate size, whose meal is whose, basically. Do you think... That the channeling of divine or uh, arcane magic may affect metabolism? Yes. Oh, yes. definitely. I'm okay. just saying, so maybe that's being why... small and the magic yeah. is still... It's energy. You are expending energy. Whether you're getting the knowledge of that from books or from your god, you're still expending your own energy, which is the equivalent of spell slots. It's like being... She's like, I imagine she's like a little furnace. Yeah. But I imagine she eats less on days where she doesn't do as much magic. Side note, I have been, we watched the Netflix Shadow and Bone, and I had read the books beforehand a couple of years ago, and I reread it. And this is not a spoiler, but uh, within That's the good, books, I gotta see it. there is a concept that the people who have magic, when they don't use it, they actually, like, are physically drained. They, like, eat less. They, their magic sustains them, but it also makes them, like, hungry and, like, they have a better appetite and all these things. So I like the idea, Jonathan, that, like, 
when you use your magic, when you're doing the thing that is supposed to happen, you, like, expend extra calories and therefore must replace them. So, like, yeah. today Bernie hasn't done much other than, you know, try to figure out contract law. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the same way that Carlton, when he, you know, is dipping into his reserve of martial power, that takes energy. And yes, I will say, Carlton, you did think about the fact that your plate needs to be bigger. I'm going to say you probably didn't, with these rolls, you didn't make Bernie's plate smaller. You didn't try to, you you gave three equal portions and then a U-sized portion. Yes, basically. (laughs) Also, everything is in piles. Carlton has created, there is a, there is a, a little pile of, of potatoes is a little pile of the cucumber salad is a little pile everything is in a pile it's in its own separate pile it's i'd imagine like this is the fantasy equivalent of like the kitty plates with everything else like divided because people don't like their food to touch it's almost that way you've you've done the kosher thing without thinking about it aesthetically not quite so pleasing gotta work on the plating but the food is very good, especially that that cucumber salad that you, uh, Bernie, that you gave him the the recipe for. Not fun to look at, but really delicious. In real life, y'all, this shit is so good. Please make it for yourself sometime. I, I'm looking at it. It's it's gonna it make looks the really list. good. Yeah. Uh, it also looks really easy, which is nice. Yeah. Watch the Chef John video because it's just everything you need. And you get to smash a cucumber, but Bernie's going to take a big forkful of the cucumber salad. And she's like, not sure. Carlton's so going like, to wait with bated breath. She's like prepared to tell you it's good no matter what. So she like takes a big forkful because she's got manners. And she's like, I'm eating this. She does what Julia did at her first Passover with gefilte fish. <laughs> Carlton knows that Bernie's going to say it's good no matter what. So he's not listening for what she says. He's watching to see how she reacts. And she like eats and she's and her, like, whole face, like, you could see she can't hide yes. the surprise. Uh, but she's... <laughs> Carlton literally does the fist downward uh, success. Yes! And then she swirls the cucumber salad into the mashed potatoes like a monster. Because I mix my food, <laughs> and so does Bernie. <laughs> so, ba- way back in the day, when Luby's was still a thing in Texas, we would get the Luan platter, and it had uh, macaroni, beans, and... Uh, I would mix those together. Matt, the macaroni oh. and cheese and, and beans. And it was so good. And dip them in the tartar sauce you get with a fish. Can I tell you, I'm not a macaroni and cheese and, and baked beans. I will mix the shit out of some macaroni salad and baked beans. Yeah. And, oh, and uh, and mashed potatoes too. It was the Luan platter, I think, had fish, pinto beans, macaroni and cheese, and mashed potatoes. This is the worst because uh, I'm trying to avoid carbs. I'm trying to avoid cheese, and everything we've just mentioned is like carbs I'm and so cheese. sorry. It's okay. It's my <laughs> own. It's my salad. own personal health. But cucumber salad, absolutely. There you go. What's Travancore do? Well, you know, Travancore. You ever had that thing happen where you're so intensely focused on one thing, and then when anything else comes in, say for instance food, you realize that you have not eaten in a very long time, mm-hmm. and then your attention shifts and you are ravenously hungry. So Travancore like starts like shoveling it down. He's like. He kind of gives a big old grin and he just goes back to, to wordlessly eating, which is the best compliment you can give a chef, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I can't stop eating fast and, or enough in order to tell you how good it is because I need to keep eating. All of you do realize that there is no Jonathan. Huh. So there's just an extra plate there. 
Right about, uh, I, I would think, like, right about uh, your realization, Travancore receives ascending. Oh. And it. Uh, I rolled a second ago to see if it goes through. It does. Okay. And, and it, it's spending the night in, in the plane of water. Be back tomorrow. All right. So Travancore relays the message to, uh, to Carlton and Bernie and says, but she's married. I, well, is he going to let this thing go or no? Ask if I can have his cucumber salad and Bernie sticks a fork on his plate and starts eating. <laughs> I, don't, I don't send that to Jonathan back. I don't even respond to Jonathan in my head yet. I say that out loud. Okay. All right. I'll let that happen. You do know you can respond, but okay. You say that. And then, uh, Travancore, do you respond? Yeah, Travancore is just going to say 10-4, good buddy. Jonathan, go. He he lets the spell go. One of the random things that, yeah. <laughs> and and just, like, returns to, ah. Uh, and I'm, right now, I, I in my mind, I can hear the waves. And just even pretending to be on a beach, listening to waves, is just so relaxing to me. So, yeah. In my mind, you know, because it could fail, it's like when it succeeds, it's long distance sending from Jonathan Magic Muscular. Do you accept the charges? <laughs> and it succeeds, it's yes. And when it doesn't, it's them like, no. <laughs> Somebody's saying no. That's the Acquisitions Incorporated version of that sending. Oh, is it? Wow. <laughs> it, uh, not really, but I think it is. <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with that. When was... we get com- confirmation that, like, Jonathan's not coming back, she's been, like, spooning his, his cucumber salad on her plate. And then she like looks around and she spoons a little bit onto Carlton's plate and like a little bit onto traffic. <laughs> She's like, all right, let's eat. Also, you do notice that Shadow, having overheard that Jonathan is not going to be joining, has gotten up from his place on the floor next to Travancore and is very much eyeing the everything. I'm going to say everything. I was trying to think of would he eye a specific piece of food, but Probably the no, chicken. Carlton did a good enough job that he's like, hmm, hmm. Travancore is going to set aside a bit of the roast chicken, a bit of the cucumber salad, The Shadow should taste that too. I mean, bears are omnivores. He'll probably enjoy it too. And what was the other thing, Carlton? Roast chicken, potatoes, and the cucumber salad. Oh, of course, potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Got potatoes. Shadow's going to eat those up. So yeah, Travancore fixes a plate for uh, for Shadow or just like gathers something from him and puts it on his plate and then puts his plate down so Shadow can eat. Oh yeah. And Shadow digs in and is super happy. Yeah. Five food groups. Meat, potatoes, beer, pie, and popcorn. He made pie? No. I didn't make all the food groups, but those are the five food groups. No, but that was <laughs> a good try. <laughs> it is at that point that Gestock comes upstairs, perhaps because you said pie, perhaps for other reasons that you're going to find out shortly. Um, he is actually, he's holding a apple pie and a letter. And he comes upstairs, he says... I knew someone was going to ask about dessert. You did everything but dessert, which is okay. Dessert is its own thing. That's and why there's chefs and bakers. Exactly. That's why I, I don't know if you noticed, but we just have the desserts delivered from another place because I don't want to have to deal with tiramisu. Anyway. It's too much math. And he gives you a look and he says, that's not, you know what? Sure. <laughs> and he puts there the pie There is too much up. math in baking. And it's, it's very clear on Gestock's face that the math is not the problem for him. I appreciate no. any bunny that can actually bake very well. Oh, Me too. It's a lot of work. But... It's going to do a little dance similar to the, the woodchuck or from Caddyshack. <laughs> not too entirely <laughs> different. 
<laughs> just like, he's all right. Nobody worry about him. He's going to help himself to a slice of pie happily. He puts down the pie and then Gustak holds up a letter and says, I had this delivered for all of you. Does someone want to take it? It's got Jonathan's name on it, too, but... We'll take it. Barney's going to reach out and do a little, yeah. like, two-finger, you know. And it's it's a letter that's got all four of your names on it, although it does have Jonathan's first. Oh. He's at the beach. Yeah, he's on vacation, so we can, we're his uh, secretaries. We're going to Costa Rica mail rule this, right? Like, everybody <laughs> opens everyone else's mail. Look it up, y'all. It's bonkers. Sounds, well, like, sounds a lot like my mom and dad's mail rule. If it comes to their house, they're opening it. Doesn't matter whose name's on it. Hey, listen, <laughs> it's got the three of you on there, and I'm going to consider this done. And we're also on it, so we are la- legally allowed to open it. And with that, Gustav turns around and leaves for plausible deniability. Bernie's going to open that sucker up. Okay. On the inside, it is a very, very brief note from Balana Zadok. And it reads, You were interested in knowing who the bards were that I was contracting for this performance. You thought that it was going to help with your negotiations. And so please find attached the names of those that I have contracted as soon as we have all of the instruments available. I've Highly suggest, once again, you do not give this information to the blue dragon that you know. I do not feel comfortable with a blue dragon knowing more than they should. But I will leave it up to you. And it's as if you can actually hear that that voice in her head. And listed under that note, and just above her signature, is a one, two, three, four, five, six, is a list of seven names. And it's just a list of names. It doesn't correspond to any instrument. But you all know that there are seven bardic instruments. And that is the list of names. Do we recognize any of the names? Well, I've put them in the chat for you. Oh, there they are. Oh, Passerac's party. (laughs) Oh, hey, Soria. Yay! Yay! Wait a minute. It starts clapping. (laughs) Soriel, Click, Alik, Uric... Kiki Kiki Sorry. Oh, that's Sorry's real name. name. Oh, Kiki Kiki Kiki. Oh. You do remember at some point Soria saying that she had a big long name, but that most humanoids could not pronounce it. I really hope that I did did Soria a good service with my Soria impression uh, during our game. Uh, somehow, in the space of time and fantasy, she ended up uh, at at uh, Waterdeep. Uh, a couple of hundred years after the 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 heralds have done well, it, or maybe maybe it's like a, a, a transporter double, like Tom Riker or something like that. I don't know, but <laughs> but a, a being named Soria is uh, teaching at the New Olin Bard College uh, and was one of the few surviving instructors that after an uh, Irenaeus uh, killed most of them. And now we know that nothing bad happens because in Soria's timeline, yeah. this is not destruction via Blue Dragon. Right. At least <laughs> you, you secured her fa- future. You know that Soria, everything ends up okay. Listen, changing the past doesn't change the future. Mm-hmm. Just creates an alternate timeline. I know how that works. Anyway, <laughs> you have received this letter. Um, that has this information before the the day is coming to an end because I know we have to we have to stop. Is there anything else anyone would want to do for the three of you in Waterdeep? Is there anything else you want to do tonight, or are you going to call it an evening? 
Uh, I'm just going to bring the dishes down, wash them, and then head, be- head to bed. Yeah, Travacore decides he's going to show Murray first thing tomorrow morning. Bernie's going to pat her food baby, uh, brush her teeth. <laughs> Is she going to pat it like, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. I, I never like being uncomfortably full. But I it's really hard. Like, I really like food, so we're doing a constant dance there. No, Ber- Bernie's going to like, also, she's going to sit with Coco Snoot and she's going to cast some like, minor spells before going to bed to like burn off some <laughs> of the energy she's like i've got a res she's basically looking she's like i've got a reserve like in the real world you can't outrun your fork in the magical world you can lay on your bed and cast thaumaturgy for a little while <laughs> in the magical world absolutely and jonathan over on the plane of water did you want to talk to abex before you go to bed or are you spending the evening quietly enjoying the sea I have not announced to anyone besides uh, probably, uh, shoot. Well, you told Guara. And- Gu- uh, yeah, Guara knows. And I don't think he made a big announcement of it. He's just, I mean, there's a weird guy sitting on the beach. So, it's, and it's a, it's a slightly smaller community now. Yeah. I, I will say you think it's possible she knows because they had to, you know, juggle around some people and everything. But... It's also been very, you've been very obvious about wanting to have some quiet time. So it's also possible that she's just left you alone because that's, she's respecting what you want to do. So I'm just asking you for the end of the day. If you do want to talk to her, we can totally do that next time. But if you are more than happy to just lay on the beach and enjoy the evening, cocktail in hand. Jonathan the Magic Muscular will return in Adventures Endgame. Well, Jonathan the Magic Muscular and his friends will return next time as the next time we get together, it will be the next morning and uh, we will start the next day of this little bit of downtime. But for now, let me give you some experience for Jonathan changing his mind at the last minute for interesting reasons for Travancore and Carlton continuing to work on their skills and for Bernie having a food baby. Uh, I'm going to give you a total. I'm going to name it Clarence. (laughs) Clarence, I'm going to give you a total of 6,000 experience to split between the four of you. The next time we get together, it will be the next morning. So go ahead and go ahead and have a long rest. It will be, I'm getting you the date. It will be chess nine. And we'll see what happens next now that you know all of the names of the the musicians who are going to be doing this gig we'll see what happens next we're getting closer to pie day thanks for listening to our adventure if you've enjoyed our show visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media pictures and bio of our cast a full list of credits and more We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.